Salam Salam from BA. This is a Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 9th of March 2023. A quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. Last week we told you about the historic Adwa victory, which is a source of immense pride for many Ethiopians. Thursday the 2nd of March marked the 127th year anniversary of the Adwa victory in which Ethiopians successfully repelled the colonizing force of Italy. The day is celebrated every year throughout the country and especially at the majestic statue of Emperor Menelik II at the heart of the capital. This year's celebrations, however, has been disrupted by the government as it deployed law enforcement to deny access to the roads leading to Menelik Square and the statue. Residents that wanted to celebrate tried to force their way through, but officers started shooting tear gas, plastic and actual bullets. The disturbances spilled to the St. George Church nearby. A holiday, St. George, was being celebrated at the church, but this did not deter officers from entering the church and firing tear gas at the crowd. Later that day, the government's communications service issued a statement claiming that the holiday was celebrated as planned, referring to a military parade held at Meskel Square, the first time Adwa was celebrated with a military parade, in the presence of top government officials. The statement went on to say that forces that wanted to disturb the celebrations at the Menelik statue but failed brought the disturbance to the church. The Ethiopian Orthodox Tewahedo Church, or EOTC, Addis Ababa Diocese, on the other hand, said that the ceremony was forced to end because of the forced entry of officers and that they have injured many who were celebrating. On Friday, the 3rd of March, the EOTC issued a statement saying that at least one person died and many were severely injured. The church denied the government's statements and urged the executive to hold officers that committed and commanded the unwarranted acts responsible within 15 days, adding that if they failed to hold the officers accountable, the church would take further measures. On the same day, the Ethiopian Human Rights Commission, or EHRC, issued a statement confirming that there was at least one casualty and that government forces unnecessarily shot tear gas, plastic and real bullets. The EHRC echoed the church's call to the government to hold the officers responsible, while also reminding the executive that officers need further training to avoid similar incidents. Many are left wondering why the government did not want celebrations at the Menelik II statue and why the legacy of the war heroes of Adwa was purposely neglected. It's been four months since the federal government and the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or TPLF, agreed to lay down arms permanently. One of the provisions of the agreement was the institution of an interim government in Tigray. Last week, on Thursday the 2nd and Friday the 3rd, the Interim Government's Establishment Conference was held. At the conference, the administration's plan and structure was deliberated on and participants reached an agreement. Among other things, it was decided that the administration will last from six months to a year. Top TPLF official 
Tades Wared said during the conference that 30% of the administration will be controlled by the TPLF, 25% by Tigrayan armed forces, another 30% by civil institutions, and the remaining by opposition parties. However, it was widely reported that all but one opposition party did not participate. Many essential service providers in Tigray are now operational and the most recent provision is the resumption of transportation within the region. On Saturday the 4th, terminal managers and users told media outlets that the bus terminal in Shire is providing transportation services to Mekele and other cities in the region. The drought in various parts of the country is taking its toll on residents of the areas. In the South Omo zone alone, about 14,000 cattle have died and millions are on the brink, exposing more than 300,000 people to starvation. Aid is arriving from local and foreign sources, and one of them arrived through the Fill a Plain initiative, a joint effort by the Norwegian government and UNICEF. The aid contained 10,000 tons of essentials for children that are malnourished. Local forces have also joined in as a wash bank donated 30 million burr, or more than half a million US dollars, to those affected by the drought in the Vorena zone of the Oromia region. However, the aid provided so far might not be enough as more administrations bring to light the damage already done. For instance, the Dawa zone in the Somali region, which neighbors Borena, has been severely damaged. The zone's administration said that not only are cattle dying, but that many people have been admitted to hospitals. The administration also said that even though aid is arriving, it isn't proportional to the amount needed. The capital, Addis Ababa, is a federal city surrounded by the Oromia region. Recently, the cities of the Oromia region surrounding Addis merged under the name Sugar. Since then, the officials of the newly created city have been forcing residents to leave the area by demolishing what they call, quote, illegal houses, unquote. Residents who had been living in these houses for years were forced to leave and those that resisted were beaten or shot. This displaced residents claim that the officials demolishing houses discriminate against and demolish the houses of non-Oromos. The new city's mayor, Techomi Adugna, told the media that even though the claims of ethnic discrimination are false, the city will go ahead with plans to demolish more houses it claims are illegal. Opposition party Enat revealed on Sunday the 5th that it was prohibited from holding its General Assembly. The party said that it was forced to change venues for the Assembly twice because of orders from the government and on the day of the Assembly, after another venue was reserved and the party's members from all over the country arrived in Addis, officers banned the party from holding the Assembly. Even though the party's leadership called on the election board to reverse the orders, the issue wasn't resolved. Because of this, the party said that it had lost more than 3 million burr, or 60,000 US dollars. 
The Guragu zone has been the subject of increased controls by the federal government as residents have been demanding statehood for four years now. Even though the executive has proposed a new cluster region together with other zones, residents and local politicians want the zone to become a region on its own. On Saturday the 4th, a media outlet reported that members of the zone council have been arrested by security forces, including the council's former chairwoman, the head of urban trade, and the head of the zone's capital city revenue office. It's been a month since the government restricted access to various social media outlets. Although the restriction was put in place to hinder the flow of information during mass protests related to the attempted illegal breakaway of the Holy Synod of the EOTC, the problem was resolved. The reason the restriction is still in place is unclear. On Saturday the 4th, the Ethiopian Mass Media Council released a statement asking the government to lift the restriction, as it has made it difficult for media outlets to report their findings. The Edward victory is not the only historical victory of the Ethiopian people. 45 years ago, on the 5th of March, Ethiopians from all over the country came together to defend it against the invading forces of Somalia, led by Ziyad Bar at the Battle of Karamar. Thousands of soldiers from other communist countries like Cuba and South Yemen fought against Somalia together with the Ethiopians. The 45th anniversary of this victory was celebrated on Sunday the 5th. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. You can support us by subscribing to our show. This way, you'll never miss an episode. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at ethiopia at Ciao!